0: happy Sabbath, everyone. Do you know we live in a great big world? A great big world. Sometimes because of our circumstances, we tend to only focus upon our environment, Uh, sometimes our own position, our own condition. But we live in a very large world that God has created with many people who are looking to hear the truth. And we ask that uh, God would give us this ability to teach his truth and to more, more importantly, to walk in His truth, so we may be witnesses to those all over the world that God is indeed God. Amen? Amen? We have to understand something also this morning. We've been talking about the great flood that came after the people of God and the flood of ungodly men that exist today. Well, this is a great blessing that God told us that because we are living in the time of the flood, and it's often kind of strange that the flood destroyed the world the first time, and this flood is the beginning of the destruction of this world the second time. But we have to understand something about our God. He always warns us. He always tells us how to get around this foolishness that we find ourselves in. And if we would go to the book of John chapter 16, because it's time for us to mature in faith. Our faith must mature now. We are in a condition and a position in this earth's history that our faith must come up. We must understand that no longer uh, is the faith of a child uh, going to get it. We are going to have to believe because we're going to be in circumstances that require us to look to no one but Jesus. Go to John 6, chapter 16. John 16, and we're going to read verse, beginning at verse 31. John sixteen thirty one, and the, Jesus always gave words of encouragement, even when he, you thought he was chastising you. He was trying to prepare you. And in John sixteen thirty one, it says, "Jesus answered them, Do ye now believe? Behold, the hour cometh; yea, is now come, that ye shall be what scattered, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone. And yet I am not alone." because the Father is with me. He wanted to make sure you understood his position so we could take the same position. He said, you all, my friends, will leave me, but I am not alone, because my Father is with me. And in verse 33, he says, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Why? I have overcome the world. He said, in me you can overcome the world. Yes, you're going to have tribulation and we should really stop murmuring and complaining about tribulation. Why? Because the voice of God said it would happen and when you don't want it to happen the way God wants it to happen, you are going against the living God. Anybody want to be caught going against God? So the tribulation we learned this morning is for whose benefit? Our benefit. Because no dross is going to heaven. No evil habit is going to heaven. No hidden desire against God is going to heaven. So he sends us these things. He sends us through these things to make us what he would have us to be. We must believe that the way of God is the solution to all our problems. And this is what this faith walk is about. We have to stop believing every word of doctrine that comes out of someone else's mouth. We have to get to a point where we can believe what thus saith the Lord and that's all we're going to believe. Because the solution is always, thus saith the Lord. Nowhere else will you find a permanent solution to your problems outside of the word of God. Amen? Amen? Now let's go if we were back to Romans chapter 1. We're talking this morning about the maturation process of faith. Romans chapter 1. Because when we believe in God's word... We possess something that is necessary to overcome this world. And In the first chapter of Romans, let's begin in verse 16. He says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why did he have to make a statement that way? There must have been people around that were ashamed to call his name. They were ashamed to use the process of God. They were ashamed to use the methods of God. And they were ashamed to believe that God is real and his way is correct. So he came and said, I am not ashamed of what? The gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and what else? And also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by what? Faith. 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 The just. Who is going to the kingdom? The just. 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 How are they living in heaven? How are they going to live on earth? Without faith, you can't please it. Without faith, you can't go through the process. Without faith, you will never tap into the power of God unto salvation you'll never have it. We have to learn how to have faith and stop whining. We were reading this morning, stop being a coward and murmuring every time something happens. We have to stand and believe in the power of God. We have to believe so much that we're going to actually put into action the things that he told us to put into action. That's what's called belief. We're not talking about an intellectual concept of what God says. Yes, I understand. It's like, like I understand if I lift weights five days a week, I'll get bigger. But you never go to the gym. What's the point of you knowing that? You know, so you can say, yep, that's true. So we have to understand God's method, God's way, God's process he takes us through to build our faith is necessary for us to be the individual that he wants us to be. And we cannot do that without believing and acting upon his word. Stop questioning Jesus. Get quiet. Go to Jeremiah, it's going to get real quiet this morning. Jeremiah chapter 12. He said, the just shall live by faith. He made a statement in Jeremiah that is is, is extremely relevant to us this morning. In Jeremiah chapter 12, he talks about these three stages of faith. And Mm -hmm. as we see this, We need to really come to grips with this. We need to understand this. There was these three phases that that we're going to apply to faith this morning. And and he was in in Jeremiah chapter 12, let's just read verse 5 this morning. In Jeremiah chapter 12, verse 5, remember we're talking about maturing in faith and exercising uh, 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 the faith that God wants us to exercise. And in Jeremiah chapter 12, verse 5, the Lord says, If thou hast run with the footmen, and they have wearied thee, then how canst thou contend with horses? And if in the land of peace, wherein thou trustest, they wearied thee, then how wilt thou do in the swelling of the Jordan? We are living in the flood of ungodly men. The Jordan is flooding, and we don't have footman faith yet. How are you going to deal with it? He said, you're in a, when you're in an environment that you are familiar with, you're failing. When, you, when things are going normal, you're failing. What about when it comes down to it and the river Jordan starts to swell? What are you going to do? Without the footman faith, you will fail. Amen? Because the footman was the first. He said, If thou hast run with the footman, and they've made you tired, if your experience with God, this beginning, Experience with God has worn you out to the point where who i don 't know God, he just worked he won 't too much or it's not, and then you start compromising and you start saying God doesn't require obedience to his word I mean that 's footman faith when we fail at footman faith, don 't worry about the next one. You know, all of us are saying we're going to be strong in the Lord. You know, when, when these things happen and when the world is falling apart and we won't, we'll be running in the wilderness or, or, or we're having, you, we talk a good game. Mm-hmm. We have, we need to get this footman faith first. That's right. This footman faith. Let's go to Genesis 12. Let's look at some footman faith. Abram didn't have footman faith. The father of the faithful didn't begin his life being the father of the faithful, did he? Matter of fact, he he wasn't even called Abraham yet. He was Abram at this point, and he failed in footman faith. Let's look at this. Uh, Genesis chapter 12. But because he failed, and because we read about his failure, it gives us hope, us who don't have footman faith. Amen? Amen. Because Abraham stepped his game up, did he not? See, he didn't put him on Mount Moriah the first week of the process. See, Mount Moriah was swelling of the Jordan faith. For those who don't know, that's when he was asked to sacrifice Isaac. He didn't tell him to do that the first day. Why? Because God understands this is a process. It's a journey. Amen? And without that journey starting here, we're going to fail when we get to that I mean, that, 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 that swelling of the Jordan faith. Now, let's look. Stay with us today. We're in Genesis chapter 12. We're we'll beginning verse 9. And Abram journeyed, going on still toward the south, and there was a famine in the land. And Abram went down into Egypt and sojourned there, for the famine was grievous in the land. And it came to pass when he was come near to enter into Egypt, he started getting shaky. Okay? When he came into Egypt, that he said unto Sarah, Sarah, his wife, Behold now, I know that thou art a fair woman to look upon. Now look at this. He's afraid. His footman faith is weak. He starts setting up a a barrier that he thought that if he did this, no one would bother his beautiful wife. Now let's see what happens. Uh, Verse 12, therefore it shall come to pass when the Egyptians shall see thee, that they shall say, this is is his wife. And what happened? And they will kill me, but they will save thee alive. Look at this. He wasn't even worried about her. (laughs) He said, you know, they're going to kill me to get to you. Now, this is who ended up being Abraham. So do you see? It didn't start out being Abraham. He failed in the footman faith. Now let's keep reading. Say, I pray thee, verse 13, that thou art my sister, that it may be well with me for thy sake, and my soul's sake shall live because of thee. And it came to pass that when Abram was coming to Egypt, the Egyptians be, they beheld the woman that she was very fair. The princes also, of Pharaoh, saw her and commended her before Pharaoh, and the woman was taken into Pharaoh's house. Look at this. It didn't say he didn't know what the Egyptians would do, but he had not the faith that God wanted him to have. God could have taken care of this, and you know what God did? He took care of it in spite of his lack of faith. So let's keep reading. Verse 16, and he entered, I am sorry, uh, in Pharaoh's house, and he entreated Abram well for her sake. And he had sheep and oxen and he, he asses and manservants and maidservants and, and she asses and camels. And the Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarah, Abram's wife. And Pharaoh called Abram and said, hey, man, what is this thing that thou hast done unto me It's your weak lack of footman faith? You're going to sit there and lie to me. That's one thing you need to understand. God will not honor a lie. So you, if you've got a lie to protect yourself, that's not God. That's called lack of faith. Keep going why didst thou not tell me that she was thy wife? Because it was going to mess up his whole kingdom. It was going to mess everything up if he had taken this woman to wife. But the only way he was going to do that is he had been lied to because someone lacked faith. He said, why sayest thou she is my sister so I might have taken her to me to wife? Now therefore, behold thy wife, man, take her and go thy way. And Pharaoh commanded his man his. His, uh, his men concerning him, and they sent him away and his wife and all that he had. Get out of my country, man. You about to mess me up with your lack of faith. Amen? So even Abram had to start at the footman. Amen? That level of faith that he had to see past his understanding of what might happen. Don't you think God is past your understanding and he knows what's going to happen? And he can fix anything in front of you. He, he fixed this in spite of Abraham. Amen? Go to 1 Corinthians. We got some issues, too. Here's a simple one about footman faith. Okay? Here's a simple one about footman faith. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, footman faith is what we're looking, what we're trying to see, where's this beginning level of faith and why are we failing in it? And we need to recognize if we are failing in it. Some of you might be Jordan folks now. Praise the Lord. Some of you might be able to, that swelling of the Jordan, you won't blink an eye. Some of you might be there. It's not for me to make that determination, is it? But you and your God will know, won't it? But God says, here's some footman faith we can practice today. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, in verse 31. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. You want some footman faith? You want to practice something? See, God tries to find something in your everyday life that you can practice to increase your faith. Amen. First 31 of First Corinthians 10 says, "Whether therefore what? Do all of you eat? Yes. Or drink? Do all of you drink healthy beverages?" <laughs> Most times. Or whatsoever ye do. Y'all are doing whatsoever every day, aren't you? Do all to the who? Glory of God. This is something called footman faith. You have to believe in God in order to do this. You know that? You just can't grit your teeth and do it. You have to believe that God, what he is telling you to do, that it's real and it's right and it's beneficial so you can go ahead and do it. Whatsoever ye eat. Can we glorify God in what we eat? Yes. How can we do that? Now, we're not telling everybody to be a vegan, okay? So y'all relax. (laughs) But what the things you put in your body should restore the body. Amen? Amen. We should not put things that we know destroy the body in the body. Amen? Amen. Is that simple enough? Now, will your faith overcome your desire for foolishness? Can it? Has it? Amen. Can, can, we, can we say, look, I believe in God so much that even though I want to eat this, I know it's bad for me. Amen. And I know I'm a bad example for those who are looking at me. My faith must be stronger than my lust. Amen? Amen? Amen. That's everybody. Amen. Amen? Amen? And not just what you eat, is when you eat and how much you eat and what you drink and how much you drink. Amen? Amen. God says, have faith in me. You're not missing out on anything. Put the Mountain Dew down. We are teaching a health class at a women's shelter. And the lady said, I have to have my Mountain Dew because I work two jobs. I said, I know you need some energy, don't you? She said, man, I, that thing hits me and I can go. I said, yeah, but unfortunately, an ambulance is going to take you to the next place you're going to go if you keep drinking that stuff. And so we talked about the the, the different ways you can have energy. And we explained to her the reason she was so tired is because she was drinking energy drinks. Replace it with water. Oh, there's some things, some herbs you can use that, that that will stimulate and help you get moving. And also, guess what? If you walk a little bit, and you open up those blood vessels, things will change a little bit. Now, we didn't come at her hard. Because she she, she, when you have footman faith, she wasn't near it, it, even that. But say, it's another way. Amen. And God is telling us there's a better way. Right. And we have to follow that better way. But we must first believe that it is a better way. And so he said, why don't you simply start on what you do every day in your life? I'm not asking you to go to to the Congo and have a missionary trip. I'm asking you just to do right by me in your own house. Can we do that? Let's go to horseman faith, Exodus chapter 14. So we got past the footman faith. We got to have footman faith, right? We already got that right. We put it down. So no, Lord, Lord, no, you you, you know, I'm not gonna be weary running with the footman. We're gonna be in faithful shape. Amen? So we can run with the footman. Now we're going to the horses now. See, it's not an option. That's what's so wonderful about God. Footman, horseman, Jordan, that's the story of a Christian. You going through all of this. So you might as well accept it and get prepared to go through it. Amen? Amen. God wouldn't have you go through this if He didn't see something in you. If he had given up on you, if he just said, well, man, he's never going to do right, forget forget him. God has not made that announcement or proclamation about anybody that is in the sound of my voice. Why? Because you're still here. Now, you want to do that? Go down to the cemetery. And wherever they did, that's what they did. There's no help in the grave, is it? The living shall praise as I do this day. Go to Exodus chapter 14. Oh, this is when the horsemen, we needed some horsemen faith and the children of Israel didn't have it. The reason we call this dramatic event horsemen faith is because the children of Israel, even though they didn't believe, they had one in the midst of them that did. That's why it's not Jordan faith. See, when we get to Jordan faith, you're going to have to believe when ain't nobody else there. You're going to have to believe when no one else around you is encouraging you to do anything. No one around you is not only not encouraging you, but they're telling you you're crazy for believing. That's Jordan faith. We hadn't gotten there yet. But let's look at his horseman face. Verse 10 of 14 of Exodus. When Pharaoh drew nigh. Now, everybody has had this experience. Call Pharaoh what you want. Poverty. Fear. Three-letter people out of D.C. <laughs> You know, people call your house. Your, 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 uh, what do they call those people you owe? Your bill collectors, yeah. I try, to, I try not to know them. Uh, your bill collectors. When they call, you see, your, your, your Pharaoh is drawing nigh because what you, the, the repo man is coming. You know, some of us have been through that. Amen? Or, 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 or here comes the police because I got these on my record. All these things have. He said, when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up Not their voices, did they? They did not lift up their faith. They lifted up their eyes. And behold, the Egyptians marched after them. Was that true? But then he said, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He didn't say the Egyptians wouldn't be marching behind you. And that's what we got to get over. Just because the Egyptians are marching behind you doesn't mean God's not with you. God is trying to prove a point to the Egyptians if you would stay faithful. He said, the Egyptians marched after them and they were what? So afraid, so they don't have the power of God, they have the power of fear. And so they were so afraid, and look what fear will do to you. Or we should say this morning, the lack of faith will do to you. They marched after them, and they were so afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. They didn't cry out saying, Lord, you are God, we know we're going to get through this because you promised we were going to the promised land. No, they didn't. This is what they cried to the Lord. And they said unto Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Yes. What kind of cry is that to a faithful God? <laughs> See, I want you to know something. When you accuse Moses, you accuse God. Because who gave Moses the command? God. So when you talk to Moses and say, you brought us out here to die, who are you talking to? He said, because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us in the wilderness to die? Wherefore hast thou dealt with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? They've been crying to get out of Egypt for hundreds of years. Now they're out of Egypt, and they're crying to go back. No faith. Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, let us alone? Sound like the, the house slave. Let's let's be free. Let's separate. Let's leave Egypt. Didn't we tell you we didn't want to leave? We have a nine to five. We got dental insurance. God says separate. But didn't we tell you this, Moses? He said, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians, for it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than we should die in the wilderness. Who said anything about death? Their eyes did. Their fear that Satan placed in their heart caused them to curse God. And God would have been just if he'd have just blew the whole place up. He could have said angel, and that's all the angel would have needed. And it would have been a different story. The story would have ended here, and he'd have picked somebody else. But look what God did. Look what God did. He said that, that we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said unto the people, first thing he said was what? Get you some faith. <laughs> Fear ye not, Stand still. In other words, be quiet with all your acquis- accusations. Be quiet with all your cowardice. Be quiet with all your murmuring and do what? what? Yes. See the salvation of the Lord, which ye will show you yeah. today. He's not showing you because your faithfulness. Yeah. He's showing you because he made Abraham a promise. You remember that same Abraham that didn't have footman? Faith. These people are here because Abraham graduated. Let me tell you something about God. He remembers his promises. He's not going back on his. I don't care if the promises are 5,000 years old. He doesn't forget. He promised Abraham. So these idiots who are out here worried about Egyptians, not about y'all. I promised Abraham. And I got one man standing here who believes. How many men does it take for God to move? One. One. Thank God for Moses. Fear ye not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, the mighty Egypt, the one that's causing you to fear and curse God, he said, guess what? Ye shall see them again no more forever. No more forever. Isn't that just like, what else you want? There's no further explanation needed. You will never see them again. The thing that you fear the most will never be around you again. You think that would be enough for the people to believe? We know the history of our brothers and sisters, don't we? Every time they failed at footman faith. That's why only two made it to the promised land. Only two made it. Because footman faith was necessary. The reason he took them out of Egypt is to teach them footman faith. But now they were in a, in a, in a, in a horseman position, and they hadn't learned footman, and they failed. And they never learned it. Every time, I'm thirsty. Take us back to Egypt. I'm hungry. Take me back to Egypt. I don't like Moses. Take us back to Egypt. Hey, let's build this golden calf and go back to Egypt. <laughs> Doesn't that sound like us? I don't like the way the Lord's instructing me. He can talk to me better than that. (laughs) We need to see the ridiculousness of our position against Christ. How wonderful he is and the lessons he's trying to teach us so we can be the men and women that he wants us to be. So we can make it to that promised land. Amen? Amen. Hebrews 11. Because of this one man who believed. This one man. He believed in spite of everything that was around him. Did Moses see the Egyptians? And Moses knew how bad they were because he used to train them. He knew they knew how to kill. He knew they knew how to do all the things that they were afraid of. But he knew God. When are we going to get to that point? Are your bill collectors fierce? Yeah. They do. They are, aren't they? How about, what other issues we're going through? Whatever it is, they are real. Okay? But God is over all of it. But you can't tap into the power of God unless you believe. You don't believe. You got all this power. You just hadn't plugged in yet. You got this whole building wired for electricity, and you have a lamp in your hand, mad, because it's not on. And you look down, you got the plug in your hand, plug the thing in the wall. It's called faith. Hebrews 11, verse 27. By faith, he forsook Egypt. This is Moses, amen? Not fearing the wrath of the king. See, Moses had to do something even before he left Egypt. He had to say, hold on, man. There's a God. It's not here. He knew that was a problem. He said he didn't fear the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who was what? Invisible. we got to do that now. Who is the one that's invisible? The Holy Spirit. God. He said you got to be able to see the invisible. Because if you focus on the visible, Satan has you locked in. Focus on the invisible, the power of the living God. Through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood, lest, lest he hath destroyed he that destroyed the firstborn should do what? Touch them. He said, hey, the invisible told him, go through this process. Faith gave him the power to instruct the people, and faith gave him the ability to put the blood over the doorposts, and faith saved them. Do we see that? By faith... They passed through the Red Sea. We just read about that. As dry land, which the Egyptians are saying to do, well, what? Amen. Whose faith? Moses. He believed God. He told them to be still and watch God. Watch him. Did God, as y'all like to say, did God show out? <laughs> <laughs> he said, hey, watch this. Okay, tonight I'm going to make this east wind blow. And when y'all get up in the morning, go on no crosses. Even 99.9% of the people were talking about going back to Egypt, cutting a deal, compromising. God said, I got one. That's all I need. Are we going to be at least that one today? Can you imagine if we were one nation like that? One nation who had faith who could stand in Pharaoh's court and represent God correctly, who could stand in the midst of all the confusion and the tribulation and still look up to God and say, my God will save me. How many fiery furnace people do we have in the room today? See, that's Jordan stuff. We don't want to, we want to eat from the king's table. That's where it started with Daniel. Daniel didn't start at the lion's den, did he? See, he said, you know, that's some good-looking pastries over there. And they got some good lamb, and and they they got some R.C. colas, and they got all this stuff that that everybody, the kings, thought it was a good thing. But he had footman faith. He said, hold on. God said, and this was a big thing that he did, because if he was wrong, they were going to kill him. He believed so much that the diet God had given him was better than the kings. He stepped out on that, didn't he? And God found, let him find favor with the man in charge of the food. Because the man in charge of the food, he was going to die too if Daniel wasn't right about this. We worried about the Red Sea. Help us, Lord. Stay in Hebrews 11. Let's go to verse 1. He said he saw the invisible. Now, by faith, you can see the invisible, can't you? Amen. In chapter 11, verse 1 says, now faith is the substance. What is substance? That's substance, isn't it? That's wood. Let me hit you in the head with this and see if there's is substance. <laughs> it's real. It's tangible. It's tangible for those who can see the invisible. He said, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things, what? The evidence, evidence of things not seen. This is where we got to be, people of God. This is where we got to be. Go to Numbers chapter 14. There was a couple of young men who had some Jordan faith. See, Jordan faith requires you to look at the invisible, to believe in something that you cannot see, but you know is real. And that's the power of the living God. And the reason you get the Jordan faith is because you tried him at the footman stage. You said, Lord, I'll put this down because I believe. Lord, you mean if I order my steps as you asked me to order my steps, my life would be better. I would be satisfied with the things that I'm longing to have now. I'm trying to have peace. I'm trying to have fulfillment. I'm trying to find happiness. And I'm not finding, but you said if I follow your steps, I will have all these things. All right, Lord, I'll try you. How often we say these things and fail. But what's one great thing about it? He said, though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholdeth him in his hand. So let's remember, as we make these promises to God, that they're real. And he's real. And if we would just say, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief, we can go a long way. Mm -hmm. We're going to read something to you later on that I thought was very powerful. That it helps us when we pray. It helps us to believe in God. See, we have been tricked that if God doesn't answer like we want him to answer, when we want him to answer, we don't think God is listening. Biggest trick of the devil? Christianity tells you that. Well, you know, God must not be with you. You ain't blessed. (laughs) No, God is with me. He's blessing me because he's making me what he needs me to be. And that particular thing you call a blessing would hinder my progress. Numbers 14, verse 1. He said, all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. Now, here we go. I told you, they didn't get any better. This was after the spies went and saw the land that God had promised. Now what's funny thing about the promised land is when he told Moses early on in the book that they're the land of the Canaanites and the Hittites and Amorites, he already told them who was there. He said, this ain't empty stuff. You know, I didn't, This is not a new development, Brother Juan. You know, not a new subdivision that was just put together. This thing had giants there. And everybody knew the reputation of these particular tribes. But God says, I'm so bad that the promised land is going to be where the baddest of the enemy is, I'm going to get my glory on them through y'all. You might want to think about that sometime. God said, now my, where I can get more glory? With the little punks or with the champs? You're going to beat the champ, you've got to beat the champ. And God is the champion. And he said, okay, I'm going to take my crown back. And they've been, they've been, they've been around here too long thinking they're somebody. Come on, little bitty Israel, yeah, right. let's go do this. Come on, little bitty Remed Sea. let's go do this. Yes. Uh-huh, I only got one yes. <laughs> <laughs> let's keep going. Verse 2, and all the children of Israel murmured against Moses again and against Aaron, and the whole congregation said unto them, oh, here we go again, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt was so wonderful about Egypt? Y'all been complaining 400 years. But it was comfortable. They knew it. They, they, they knew the environment. God's going to take you out of your comfort zone. You better get ready. He said, we died in Egypt, or would God have, had we died in the wilderness? And wherefore hath the Lord brought us into this land? They still accusing the Lord of trying to kill them. To fall by the sword that our wives and our children should be a prey. They're just saying, Lord, you can't take care of us. Were it not better for us to return to Egypt? How many times do we make that statement in our lives? And then, Brother Nelson, how many times we go back to Egypt? See, we make the statement, but then there's a period of time between making the statement and going back. Well, might as well, nothing working out for me. God told me this was going to be the better way, but I don't see it. That's because you're blind. No faith. Hold on. Hold on. As if your idea was doing you pretty good in the first place. You wouldn't have asked God if you thought you were doing right, if things were working out for you. If you hadn't hit rock bottom, Jesus would have never crossed your mind. So obviously you don't know what you're doing. But then you're going to say, God doesn't either? Sometimes I wish God would just stop stuff, like your heart, and say, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, you do, yeah, you do. But God's not evil. God's not wicked. But God says, I'm trying to show you who I am. I am God. And sometimes he'll step out and say, don't y'all forget that. Ask Ananias and Sapphire. He said, I just need to know, I need all y'all to know I'm, I'm God. And don't lie to me. Amen? Amen. Oh, uh, the, 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 the primitive church was a wonderful place to be. Man, stuff happened like that. <coughs> you got our line zipped. <laughs> and you wonder why the church grew. <laughs> and nobody bothered the church. Man, that's their God, man. They, oof. God, he's God. Their God is great. great. Even the Greeks knew our God was great. It was just the people inside sometimes didn't know. But let's keep reading. And they said one to another, verse 4, let us make a captain. (laughs) and Let us return into Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation and the children of Israel, and Joshua the son of Nun, and Caleb the son of Japhonah, which was what? which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes. Why? Because they were the same spirit as Aaron and Moses. They believed in the invisible God. They believed in the promise of God. And they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we we passed, I'm sorry, through to search it, it is what? It's exactly how he told us it would be. What's what's wrong with you people? If the Lord delight in us, then we will bring us what? He will bring us into his land and give it us, a land which floweth with milk and honey. Wasn't that wonderful? He said it was a land flowing with milk and honey. He said the giants would be there. So to me, that would say, man, he really is God because it's exactly what he said. And then I would remember the next step by God's grace, that that's all. You mean, God, we're going to defeat him? You know, the 18-footers that were around there? Lord, you that's all right. Caleb was ready, wasn't he? Caleb picked up a brick. He didn't care. Here, let's go. Why? Because he believed in the invisible. He believed in the God. He believed in faith. He had the faith that it took. He knew that was his land. Why? Because God said it was. He had it in his hands. He said, man, I was there. We don't even have to till the ground. The grapes are this big. Man, he said, man, we better work. Man, I don't know how we're going to get all this food. See, they've been wandering in the wilderness, eating manna, right? They can cl- complain about all that, too. All the food they longed for was already there. The fields were already planted. The crops were already there. And, and they said, well, we need to go back to Egypt. Mm-hmm. Verse 9. The brothers were saying, only rebel not ye against the Lord. Neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are what? Bread for us. <laughs> Their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. He said God is with us. If we please the Lord, that's us. All of that. All of that. It's like you walking into a Mercedes dealership. That's all mine. <laughs> Only because God told you to. So don't go in there and get arrested. Too. <laughs> but if God said it, it's yours. Do we believe it? Amen. God said it. It's yours. Just please him. Just go about it the way he asked you to go about it. Stop making up stuff you think God said. Well, you know, God said I'm going to get this. Uh, no, he didn't. This believe me, when God tells you something, you're going to know. Yeah, God's going to give me this mansion that I can't afford. Really? Ooh, God bless me to get this, whatever it is. You can't afford it. I said, hold on, I didn't tell you to do that. But when he does, and he will, so don't think God is cheap. Don't think God wants you to struggle all your life. Don't think God is into poverty. He's not. He said, I made you the head and not the tail. Didn't he say that? Amen. How come we are out here being a tail? Because we hadn't pleased him yet. Because we don't have the faith that it takes to be the head. Amen. He said, you will be the lender and not the borrower. How many folks in debt in the room? Why? Faith, man. God said, I got all this. I got this. I already know what they're going to do. I already know what the world is going to do. I'm already ahead of that. I'm trying to position you in a place where you can glorify my name. And that's what Caleb and and Joshua understood. He said, man, this is an opportunity for God to get glory on the giants. Verse 10. But all the congregation did what? They're going to stone the faithful. They're going to stone them with stones. And the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation before all the children of Israel. Do you see what God will do for the faithful? They were about to kill them. But then God showed up, didn't he? And when the glory of the Lord shows up, oh, you put the rocks down. <laughs> Nobody's going to stone you when Jesus is there. Amen. Amen? That's the reward of the faithful. And verse 11 said, and the Lord said unto Moses, how long will this people provoke me? And how long will it be? Are they, said what? air? they believe me for all the signs which I have shown them. He said, what else I got to do? I've shown you everything. I have told you everything. I have proven what's wrong with you. But at least God had someone to talk to. Does God have someone to talk to you, to talk to in your house? You know, when the rest of your house is is doing like the the Israelites, ooh, we should go back doing this. Ooh, I need to be able to do this. Does God have somebody to talk to in your house? If he doesn't, won't you be that? Say, Lord, talk to us. And if you are the children of Israel, repent. Amen? Amen. Say, Lord, I'm sorry. I I was going to go back to Egypt. Excuse me, I lost my mind for a minute. I'm going back to selling drugs. Oh, excuse me, Lord, I I forgot that. I'm going back to cheating my business partners. Oh, I'm sorry, Lord, I forgot that. I'm going back stealing from work. Oh, Lord, I'm sorry. Excuse me. All those things. We must practice believing. We understand? We must practice. Go to Habakkuk. Oh, man. Go to Habakkuk. We got to cut this short. Habakkuk chapter 2. We gotta practice believing. Practice it means exercising faith. God said it, Lord, give me the opportunity to exercise so I can get stronger, that my faith muscles can get larger, that I won't be able to, to go back as easy as I go back now. Hebrew, I mean, Habakkuk, I'm sorry, chapter two. Let's start at verse two, Habakkuk chapter two, verse two. It says, and the Lord answered me, and said, write the vision, And make it plain upon tables, that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. Now, when God tells us that, it's gonna happen. And he was he was speaking about an event. We're gonna go, let's read verse 4. He said, Behold, his his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall do what? The just are going to live by faith. Why? Because they believe that God has said it. He said, this vision that I, I told you to write down is not going to happen right now. How often do we go back to the world when it doesn't happen right now? When what the manifestations of the blessings of God don't happen right now, we go back to the world. We go back to Egypt. He said, look now, it's not always going to manifest itself immediately. But he said, surely it won't tarry. Now you who lift up yourself, and when he says that, he said, anybody uh, uh, lifted up uh, uh, is, is, is upright. You can't lift yourself up. You can't think your opinion and your way is better than God. Stay humble and wait on the manifestation.'" See, things are happening to you. It's like taking herbs for healing. Herbs don't work as fast as dope. I mean drugs, apologize. You think that ibuprofen fixes you. You think that you are healed when you don't feel your head anymore. You believe that. You are not healed. You just don't hurt. Keep popping them pills. You're just going to fall out one day. I don't know what happened to them. But the herbs, when you took, you said, Lord, your way says, you know that most headaches are related directly to the digestive system. What do you do? Fix the digestive system. I'm not talking about Pepnobismol either. It takes a little longer, but it works, and it's real. And it fixes the problem. It doesn't band-aid the problem. It's like, you know, your check engine light is on. Or well, your oil, let's say oil light, because everybody got a check engine light on. <laughs> your oil light is on, and you drive it. The oil light is trying to tell you what? You Fix it. I need some oil. I, I, I'm going to get there. I, I, I ain't got time to stop and get some oil, so I'm going to put some tape over the, the engine light. <laughs> <laughs> that, I'm going to unplug the fuse to the, to the engine light so I won't see the warning. What happens to your car? It goes to the boneyard. <laughs> God says, Look, wait on the manifestation of faith. Wait on the result of your faith. Wait on it. Amen? Let's go back to Hebrews. We're going to get out of here. Let's go back to Hebrews. Hebrews 11, the faith chapter. Faith will do some marvelous things, but you got to exercise it. you got to put it in action. You can't just, under, you can't just conceive of it. you got to put it in action. If God said it, do it. I often talk to people that are that are suffering from possession possession of demonic spirits, but they won 't accept that. They say something else is wrong with me. no, you possess, and you can, that can be fixed by faith, but they 'll never be healed because why they don 't want to put it in action it 's too scary there's some people that that say, well you know uh, uh, I don't think that, uh, uh, that God uh, is really interested in, in how I look and, and, and how I dress and, and how I eat. And, and, and as long as you say that, you're right. You're just wrong. God is interested in all of you, but you gotta believe it so you can act upon it. Act upon it, act upon it. Let me, let me show you in, in Hebrews 11 how they acted upon it. And these were the invisible things that they understood. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 20. That's 30, I'm sorry. He said, By faith, this is his active faith, the walls of Jericho fell down. Y'all remember how Jericho fell down? Amen. Was it some nuclear explosions? No. Was it tanks? No. It was faith. They just said, Lord, he said, once a day for six days, and then the last day, walk around seven days and blow the trumpet. Active faith did it. What happened to the walls of Jericho? Now you can go and try to figure out the science behind it if you want to. Oh, it was the residence of the... It was faith. God said do it. And they did it. The walls came down, didn't he? He said, after they were compassed about seven days, by faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not, and when she had received the spies with peace. Now what was she again? She was a fine, upstanding citizen, wasn't she? She was known in the great courts as being this wonderful lady. But Rahab had faith. She believed. And did her house, was her house saved? All right. So, oh, we don't have to wait till we're holy? No, he acted upon the faith. Amen? He said, um, verse 32 And what shall I say more? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson, and of Japheth, and David, also, and Samuel, and all the prophets, who through faith subdued what? Kingdoms. You don't have a kingdom following you, do you? Hey, God can subdue it. You can have a legion of bill collectors. God can what? Subdue it. Why? Because of faith. But don't argue with God about his technique. All right? Remember that, when God sends his word to you and says, do this, stop arguing. Mm -hmm. But God, that's going to make me look bad. You look bad now. Mm -hmm. I don't understand it. He says, "Subdue kings, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, and out of weakness were made strong. Waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. You remember those stories, don't you? When fifty chased hundred, I mean fifty chased a thousand. You remember those stories? That God even had—he had people so faithful that He had the enemy beat himself up. He said, "Don't worry, you ain't going to have to fight. Watch this. I'm God." And oh, if we would just have that kind of faith, we can't. We can't fight this enemy. God can. He said, I got it if you just believe me. But if I tell you to stand on the corner of Elm and 2nd Street at 2 o'clock, stop arguing with me. Be there. Lord, I don't want to do it that way. Okay. It's like these people, you know, the the, the health craze out here now. They're going to tell you that taking this pill, you won't even have to eat right or exercise. And you'll lose 150 pounds. 150 pounds is what you probably will lose when the the, the, undertaker is, you know, taking stuff from you. But people want to believe that, don't they? But faith says, you know, i got to change my ways. And I'm going to act upon it. And then guess what happens? They do. But they don't die. So we got to believe that God has a purpose and God has a method and his processes are true. And, and it, it's, it's going to come when it's time to come. Amen. Not your time. He, he might say, look, you might have an idea. You might pray about it and then God changes it. Isn't that wonderful? He might say, he, he be hitting your head against that wall. God said, just turn. Just turn. I'm with you. Just turn. That's not what, that got you to start thinking about something. Now I need you to go this way. Stop arguing with the Almighty. 1 Corinthians 15. Ah, mercy. 1 Corinthians 15. Lord said in verse 57. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. He said, but thanks be to God, which does what? He giveth us the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye what? Steadfast, unmovable. Don't let it move you. Don't let somebody talk you out of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord, just be faithful; it's going to happen. And of course, the scripture in 2 Corinthians five seven. You don't have to turn to it, but everybody knows this one. For we walk by faith, not by sight. What kind of sight was he talking about here? Your understanding and your eyes. Stop walking by. Walk by the faith in the instruction of God. So are we going to get past footmen? Because the horsemen are coming. And since we live in the day of the flood of ungodly men, guess what the Jordan is doing now? It's swelling right now. And only the faith of God, in God, can get us past this. The only thing that can get us past it, because we look forward, as Caleb and Joshua look forward to this, is that God is going to get his glory on the devil through you. Isn't that an honor? Isn't that an honor that God says, look, I'm going to get mine, but I want to use you to, to show the world. I'm going to change you so much that when you walk into the devil's uh, house, in his systems, in his methods, I'm going to show the world who I am through you. You're going to, you're going to be the one that I chose, Abraham. How about, and you, Moses, and Caleb, and Ruth, who else? How about Esther? Did Esther, did God get some glory in that kingdom? Because somebody was faithful. We fasted this week, didn't we? Some of y'all say, well, I don't know why. did nothing change. Stop lying on Jesus. Everything changed. Just because it hadn't shown up in your life. Maybe you need to stop holding up Jesus' as change. He, 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 he showed me, he said, only thing he had to tell me was he heard me. That's all I need. <laughs> hey, Lord, the rest is on you. You heard me, hey, you got it. He heard me. Do you know how comforting that is? He heard our prayer. (laughs) Wasn't that wonderful? There's some things that changed this week because you fasted. And it might have changed for somebody else. Stop being so selfish. Your fasting could have saved a soul. Amen. Amen. Why? Because we believed. We acted upon the instruction of God. Now I want to read some to you, then we're going to close. To every sincere prayer, an answer will come. It may not come just as you desire or at the time you look for it, but it will come in the way and at the time that will best meet your need. The prayers you offer in loneliness in weariness, in trial, God answers. Not always according to your expectations, but always for your good. We all desire an immediate answer to our prayers and are tempted to become discouraged if our prayer is not immediately answered. The delay is not is for our special benefit. We have a chance to see whether our faith is true and sincere or changeable like the waves of the sea. Hold on. Because we're gonna see how kind of faith we have. We're gonna see what kind of belief we have. When God holds something up for our good, we gonna, he's gonna see if we're gonna say, wasn't it better in Egypt? He's gonna see if we're gonna say, I told you, Lord, you didn't know what you were doing. I'm going back to the world. Or we're we gonna be that people that says, I know I'm going to wait on my God. He will come. He will deliver us. How often do we meet, that, we, we meet that challenge? Every day of our lives. Every time we make a decision, we have that choice to make. So choose to be faithful and choose to act upon the instruction of God. Amen?